beloved, we are gathered here today to remember those who have transgressed against the great spirit of inclusion and must henceforth be forever cast into the abyss of dead names. In this moment of our remembrance, we prove with great grief and wailing the sincerity of our noble tolerance. What we once wrongly allowed in the ignorance of white privilege has become the cleansing rite of virtue signaling we use to prove our purity. Join with me now as we remember those we've lost. First, the gorilla mascot of the NBA's Phoenix Suns. As Lamar Odom, noted scholar and international expert on racism and iconography, recently declared on a podcast. Well, I feel bad for the Suns fans. Probably to change the mascot. What does that mean? You don't like the gorilla? Do you think there's like some racial connotations with the Suns gorilla? Come on, bro. Could there be a more compelling argument than such a sagacious use of, come on, bro? As Odom instructs in his seminar on the topic, based on years of painstaking biodiversity research. Gorillas in the desert. They, well, I, you can't find any. And indeed it's true. You have the Diamondbacks, the Suns, the Rattlers, the Wildcats, and the Sun Devils. All very sensible team names for the Arizona desert. But since gorillas are obviously not indigenous to the wasteland that is Phoenix, the only other possible explanation is racism. Come on, bro. Obviously, all the possible justifications of the gorilla fail. As if the frivolous black primate could be simply a fun way to give the fans something they like? Absurd! In fact, as Odom points out, the mascot's popularity is the evidence that it's racism. That's the reason why they kept it, because the fans loved it. Mmm. Mmm. See? Even the host is overcome by the pearls of wisdom pouring forth from Dr. Odom's mouth, and the fact that this symbol of hatred for black people has been both so obvious that its popularity only proves its evil, and yet also so subtle that even a black man like himself didn't notice it as a player, simply speaks to the craftiness of those who invented it. And it was crazy because when I was playing, that's something that just, just went over my head. Yes, but all of this goes to show how truly important it is to really train and indoctrinate everyone into the specialized skills needed to uncover such offenses when they're hidden in plain sight and known to everyone while being completely unnoticed by also everyone. It's a subtle point, but it demonstrates Fouchel's third inconsistency. The harder you must work to prove something is offensive, the more offensive it thereby becomes. And this indeed is hard to prove. So thank you to Lamar Odom for this epiphany about a crazed, out-of-control, and irreverent black gorilla cartwheeling and backflipping in the faces of the very players who are being degraded by the display without their even knowing it was happening. After all, a gorilla is never just a gorilla, and it surely takes a keen intellect to discern such a deeply and carefully concealed insult. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend! Second. A word of highest praise for the thought stewards in New Jersey and their crucial work against climate change. It may have gone unnoticed by many, but two years ago, New Jersey became the first state in the nation to adopt learning standards which require teaching children about climate change, not merely in every grade level beginning in kindergarten, but in every subject as well. That's right, the beautiful, malleable minds of New Jersey's youth are being properly indoctrinated about the evils of climate change, carbon pollution, and sins against the goddess of greenness herself in social studies, art, language, and even phys ed, in addition to math and science, obviously. No more do these children learn to count apples. Instead, they count solar panels, pounds of carbon, and, with suitable negative conditioning, lumps of coal. No more do they study Shakespeare and Renoir. Instead, they watch the great speeches of Greta Thunberg and admire the courage of eco-heroes who throw soup on paintings and superglue their hands to the walls of museums. You want to win the future? This is how you raise the next generation of voters to know the truth instead of teaching them some stupid, outdated notion that they should think for themselves. Now, I know... 
We've been reluctant to admit this, but I think it's time for us to be clear about one thing. Being green is not something you do like a hobby or an elective. No, greenness is at the very center of who we are as members of the Holy Armada of Climate Alarm Bell Ringers. This is our true religion, and precisely because it is a religion based entirely on science, at least that's what the polling of scientists proves, it's the only religion which we can justify propagandizing upon our students in public education. Yes, only when every seven-year-old learns to spell key concepts like hybrid and renewable, before she learns to spell obsolete terms like republic and liberty, only then shall we truly be on the path toward saving the planet from the denialists. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. And finally... I want to take a moment to encourage Elon Musk to push forward in his plans to issue verification badges to various official accounts such as gray badges for governments, gold badges for corporations, and blue badges for good old-fashioned individual people who pay enough to be official. Now, I suspect some of you might be wondering why I would praise Twitter or how this benefits our cause, but can you not see the potential here? By offering a preliminary set of colored badges to governments, businesses, and individuals, Twitter is laying the groundwork for a digital caste system based on an entire suite of verification badges that could encompass anything we wanted to. There could be green badges for verified eco-friendly accounts. There could be red badges for verified anti-capitalist accounts. There could obviously be rainbow badges for verified people of the acronym. There could be badges that rotate through every known skin color other than white for all the verified anti-racists. A dolphin image for animal lovers, a plant icon for the vegans, even a windmill for people who buy solar panels or drive Priuses. But think beyond mere badges with me. There could be comprehensive scoring systems. The next generation wokeness AI could evaluate every tweet a user posts and assign them a score that other users can see in order to immediately assess the virtue of that user across any of our key indices. No longer would we need to use profile pictures for users when instead each tweet could be accompanied by a viewpoint ranking such as carbon neutral plus three or hashtag me too ally plus five. We could even carry these Twitter rankings over into the physical world with certified patches that people could wear in real life on their shirts, which could, I don't know, all come in a simple uniform color, such as brown. Yeah, brown shirts. I like it. So in real life, a person might be a second lieutenant of wokeness with a meritorious service award for opposing single-use plastics or seven protest participation hatches. We can finally turn Twitter into a virtue scoring system for all of humanity and once and for all reward our fellow equity activists with the reputations they so richly deserve, both digital and in person, hallelujah. All praise Twitter for starting us down this path toward an enlightened topia which the Chinese government could only dream about. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. And now, with these cleansing rites performed, may we all go forth in loving tolerance and micro-regress no more. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend.